the Oakdale Christian Centre podcast. Hello and welcome to the Oakdale Christian Centre podcast. In this recording, Dave leads a study in Psalm 139. Psalm 139 For the Director of Music, a Psalm of David O Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. You hem me in, behind and before. You have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, Surely the darkness will hide me, and the light become night around me. Even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. If only you would slay the wicked, O God! Away from me, you bloodthirsty men! They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord, and abhor those who rise up against you? I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Yeah, we, we began last week, last week, at the beginning of the year, just to examine our hearts. God is the one who searches, but he, he encourages us. In, indeed, he gives us the ability to search ourselves when we're saved. He tells us to do that, to look at our lives, look at our habits, put good habits in. You know, some habits take a long time to break, and we need to just continue to look at those, and we'll maybe just delve into that a little bit. Uh, but again, the greatest um, way to... Uh, start and to search and to look is, is the psalmist ultimately got caught up with God didn't he he got caught up with who he was his, his characteristics who he was and that's the wonderful thing about the Bible it's it's more than theoretical or intellectual see the writer of the psalmist probably David here um, uh, he was writing out a personal experience of the characteristics of God 
See, and, and when we see God intervening, we say, Lord, you are mighty. When we see things changing, you say, God, you can <laughs> when you when you see God already ahead of us, sometimes we think, how oh, is that going to work out? And we, we get really tense and agitated. But God, uh, God has already gone ahead of us. He's always so God. And, and we, we work out those those uh, characteristics of the Lord um, uh, personally. And that's what he's coming from. He's looking, and, and we've looked at this before, um, we have uh, 24 verses in four stanzas of six verses each, all telling us a specific characteristic of the Lord. Um, and uh, thankfully these were sung, because when you sing something, you remember it. Um, good to sing the Psalms. Um, maybe not chant the Psalms, depending on who's, who's singing, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> depends who's, who's doing the singing in the front. <laughs> they used to do that, didn't they, in the... Uh, in the Anglican, singing the word though, nothing wrong with that, chanting the word, nothing wrong with singing the word, um, and uh, if you're at home, don't be afraid to pick up the word and say, Lord, I don't know how to praise you, get hold of a psalm, and sing your own melody, your own song to it, if you're living with people, just keep it down a little bit, if you live on your own lady, some of you, give it stick, let it go, it can be... Uh, the audience, the ongoing audience, just give it stick. Um, but that's where we, we are. The Lord, Lord's characteristics, he's focusing on that. And then that's why he ends up uh, just being open before God, uh, because he's just caught up with him. And the first, uh, first thing we notice is God knows. Um, we, we call it God's omniscience. Omni is all. Should have done a bit of Latin when you were in school, did it? I didn't do Latin. I dropped into French and then uh, I scraped, scraped a C in French. Je <coughs> m'appelle. Uh, all right. Uh, all science is knowledge or the gathering of knowledge, all knowing. God is all knowing. Um, and we see straight away God's all knowing here. And uh, he's just caught up in here. Absolutely amazed that God knows everything. But let's look at a couple of other verses Psalm 147, 4 and 5. He determines the number of the stars. And calls them each by name. Great is our Lord, and mighty is his power. His understanding has no limit. Mm. He created everything, and his understanding has no limit. There's no limitation. There's limitation to my understanding, your understanding, our knowledge, and your knowledge. But no. And when we remember who our God is, because he's outside of time, isn't he? He's outside of time, so we see things boom, boom, boom. And of course, we get concerned and we get worried and we get frustrated and we think, God, you know what you're doing? <laughs> and God is outside of time and he can see it all happening, can't he? And he's not worried. Nothing catches him by chance. So he's never thought, oh, I didn't think that would happen. Um, I didn't think he would be. Well, he might think some of us, I didn't think he was as that dumb, but uh, we are sometimes. He's true. Um, and he sees everything from outside. So he is all knowing. And uh, just to throw some figures at you. He knows, he's, of course, we talked about he's the star breather, but he knows them, he knows every star, and he knows them by name. Now, we don't know how many stars there are, but the best estimation, guesstimation probably, is 200 billion trillion, or sextrillion. I did count the number of notes. I think it's about um, 17 notes after two. So all the best with that, isn't it? I got, I, I'm, I'm talking to some people now, and I'm thinking, what's their name now? <laughs> oh, 
Faces Jackie. Are, yeah, Jackie. Yeah, 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 yeah. I never forget that one. <laughs> Neither would I want to, Jacqueline. Uh, yeah, yeah. One John three. One John three. Eighteen to twenty. Let's quickly move on. <laughs> My little children, let us not let you live or intend to turn, but indeed and in truth. And by this we know that we are of the truth, and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart, and knows all things. And knows all things. He knows all things. That is our God. Awesome. He knows, uh, the psalmist said, he knows that our minds, well that's interesting, isn't it? Because we don't know our minds sometimes, do we? When it's in two minds or our mind is amazing or where our mind takes us sometimes he knows our moods bless the Lord he knows our movements he, know, he knows our, our mouth our, our, he said before a word is on my tongue you know it Lord um, that's amazing and again at the beginning of a year um, some of us are quite good at speaking uh, the word of the Lord some of us can be quite negative can we um, maybe more so because we said before uh, we don't want to be uh, too generalising but generally uh, women are more prone to gossip and men are more prone to criticism that's generally how, how the, the sexes work not always but and we've got to be careful we? we talked the other, other Sunday morning about that, that person who was sent into that company and how the productivity of certain people was better than others. Mm-hmm. And he listened to how they talked and the ones who were more cynical and critical and negative were less productive. As if that was, God knows that, didn't he? Out of your mouth what comes from your heart. So positive, um, um, not, uh, not positive, um, uh, positive in the Lord, isn't it? Speaking the word of the Lord. I'm being honest. It's not you know we don't we're not a Christian scientist. Well, I don't like that one because they're neither neither Christian or they scientists. But when they, if they're ill, nor they they declare that they're not ill. That's their that's their and a lot of other uh, cultic uh, thinking. But no, no. The Bible says Abraham faced the fact that his body was good as dead, yet. He took hold of the promises of God and said, Lord, this is the, this is the reality, but I know you are the bigger than the reality and you're the God, you're the awesome God. It can change the reality. Um, we don't deny that which is real, do we? Of course we don't. No. Um, but positive, speaking the word of the Lord, which is always, of course, um, speaking his character. How about this for a, a poem? Uh, there was a boy named Grumble Tone who ran away to sea. I'm sick of things on land, he said, as sick as I can be. A life upon the bounding wave, not for, not for me, no. A wave will suit a lad like me. Uh, the seething ocean billows fail to stimulate his worth, for he did not like the vessel nor the dizzy rolling berth, and he thought the sea was almost as unpleasant as the earth. He wandered into foreign lands, he saw each wondrous sight, but nothing that he heard or saw seemed just exactly right. So, and so he journeyed on and on, still seeking for delight. He talked with kings and ladies fair, he dined in courts, they say, but always found the people dull and longed to get away, to search for that mysterious land where he would like to stay. He wandered over all the world. His hair grew white as snow. He reached that final bourne at last, where all of us must go, but never found the land he sought. The reason you would know. 
The reason was uh, that north or south, wherever his steps were bent, or land or sea, in court or hall, he found but discontent. For he took his disposition with him wherever, mm. everywhere he went. Doesn't matter where you are. And someone said, oh, as long, if I could be there, and of course, if I could be there, or if I could do this, if I could have that, always discontent. And that's why the Bible says, no, listen to what Paul said, I've learned to be content. Because it's a process, isn't it? Um, and uh, the older we get, the more we realize that things, and this and that, oh, dear, dear. Um, and it's good, you know, if we could go back sometimes and things we'd done, wouldn't it? we would do different, I suppose. Um, uh, but God says, now examine your heart. And, uh, and e- even, even the unsaved regret, don't they? I remember talking to a few girls in work. They're not so young anymore, younger than me. And they say, oh, you know, because they had tattoos, didn't they, when they were like early 20s. They said, if I, I wish I hadn't had that done. You know, looking back, isn't it? wish I didn't do that. And, and uh, uh, that's, that's the, the, the regret that some carry. Thankfully, we have a, a great regret brings to repentance, which changes the whole <coughs> landscape. Last one, the lovely verse, Isaiah 55, is omnipresence, 8 and 9. This is next. Uh, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways. Your ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts than your thoughts. Couldn't have said it better. (laughs) (laughs) That again, just that's why the word of God is so vital because it takes us from that uh, small mindedness. uh, And we, of course, when what happens, we bring God down to our our level and we we minimize Him. And the the, the scriptures take our minds up and say, God, you're the awesome one. You're the awesome one. That's why it's good. Again, I like to look up, you've got a clear sky last few nights, haven't we? Look, nothing better than look up at a clear sky and just say, Lord, <laughs> you created that. And the, the vastness is beyond our imagination. And uh, David looked and, and was, was amazed, wasn't he? And he, he had no understanding of the size of, of the universe. No understanding. I don't know what he thought they were. He probably thought they were stars, but I don't know what he thought they were altogether. So God's omniscience. God knows. God knows, which is wonderful. But also, again, as we come later on, uh, it, it's, it brings a bit of purpose, doesn't it? It brings a bit of purity, brings a bit of sobriety and seriousness, because God knows. He searches, he intimately knows everything about us. Uh, he, he's penetrated the very depths of our heart, and he knows. There's, there's that combination of it, and he uses a number of different words in those first few verses to show that he knows us. He knows us. And... Uh, that's that's good, and uh, but that's also if you, we always take that verse out of Hebrews thirteen. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Don't we? We love that verse, but the context around it it says now be careful how you live in <laughs> in the marriage bed. Don't be greedy. Watch your your, your, your teaching. Watch your, Don't get drifting away. You in there comes out of that particular verse. So God is omniscient. Then he's a God that pursues. Thankfully. He's a God of pursuit. God uh, is omni, again, all present. He's everywhere at once. How can you be that? Well, he's God. Mm-hmm. And that's, again, takes our mind. It, give me, he's outside of time and space, so he can be everywhere. Let's read a couple of verses just to underline that. Jeremiah, Jeremiah 23. 
But if they have stood in my counsel and have caused my people to hear my words, then they should have turned them from their evil way and from the evil of their doings. Am I a God at hand, said the Lord, and not a God afar off? Can any hide himself in secret places that I shall not see him, said the Lord? Do not I fill heaven and earth, saith the Lord? Do I not fill heaven and earth? says the Lord and again uh, the context again I was going to look at the context is the false prophets of Israel they were coming Jeremiah was saying look we're going in, in, into captivity there's no recourse I wanted to pray for you I have prayed for you I've cried many many times the Lord says too late so we've got to go in now the false prophets come and say oh the Lord is wonderful the Lord is marvelous the Lord is merciful eh, don't worry about it they'll come but they'll go we, we, we'll be okay everything will be fine peace peace he says he said if they'd st- stood in my presence they knew who I really was they wouldn't be prophesying lies and that's a great um, uh, warning to us isn't it get into the Lord's presence when we're in the Lord's presence we begin to see things much clearer not how we want to see because we want to see Jesus in our own particular bent don't we now, Jesus is amazing and wonderful and merciful and all those things. But remember, when he, he, he speaks clearly, woe to you, Chorazin, woe to you, Capernaum. Really severe, isn't he, sometimes? Mm-hmm. When you must see him. And of course, then he says, if they knew who I was, that I filled heaven and earth, and I see them, and I see their hearts, he is omnipresent. Proverbs 15, 1 to 3. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. The tongue of the wise adores knowledge, but the mouth of the fool gushes folly. The eyes of the Lord are everywhere. Keep watch on the wick, on the wicked and the good. Again, uh, 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 Solomon the writer is using, we call them anthropomorphisms. Nice word, isn't it? Um, uh, describing God as a man or, or man's, uh, you know, Things, hands, feet. Of course, he has neither hands nor feet. <laughs> Only Jesus when he came. But God is a spirit. So, but he's using those for us to understand. The eyes of the Lord are everywhere. He sees everything. He knows everything. Hebrews four. We read it last week. Word of God is sharp and two edged sword. Next verse. Nothing in all creation. Everything is naked before him. Everything is to whom we must give an account. Nothing is unseen by him. And again, that's wonderful. Um, but also, there's a bit of um, uh, bit of fear there, isn't it? Because God sees everything. Isn't it amazing that even we as Christians think, <laughs> we do things, we think, perhaps God didn't see that. Or, or <laughs> we think we can still hide from him. And he knows everything. He sees, he's everywhere. Um, and thankfully, then that takes... Just, just the weight of everything off of you, because he knows your situation, he knows your circumstance, he knows everything about you and everything, and that's why he said, "What are you worrying for? Your Father in heaven knows, He sees, He's right there with us. Bless the Lord, He's alongside us. Sometimes He's got to carry us, yeah. Sometimes He's got to kick us. <laughs> Some of us, anyway. Um, sometimes He uses." Uh, he uses corporal punishment on some of us who need it because we are, we are a little bit uh, slower. Some of you, he doesn't have to do that, is he? Because you're pretty good. And he just needs to just whisper in our ears, some of us. 
not this one. Uh, God is good. God is everywhere. Now, here we go. Now, God is he, he's, he's caught up with God. He can't flee from him. God is everywhere. God knows. Even in the lowest part, he said, even in Sheol, even in that lowest ebb, you were there. Sometimes we don't know if God is there. It's so dark. Lord, what are you doing? Where are you? But those places are some of the best places to be because then we have to lean on him. Then we have to seek him with all our heart. We know the story about uh, those tribes that when their, ch- their, their, their boys come to 13, 12, 13, they become men, don't they? Not like now. Um, I don't know what, when, when they become men sometimes. Um, but in those, and they would take them out, take them out to, the, out to the, the jungle or the forest and they say, right, you've got to stay a night here. You've got to stay a night. And if you can stay a night on your own, you come back and you'll be a man of the tribe. And of course, they stay the night and and the, the noises, they, they can hear a wolf hear and something else there, and a snake. No, they don't make much noise of the snake. And an owl, they won't hurt you. But all the noises that are, are, are familiar, but not when you're on your own. Isn't it amazing what, how you can imagine things? Mm-hmm. And, and the fathers were there watching being trees. Well, this, sure this, this, is the, this is the story, isn't it? And the, and the boy, when light comes, and uh, the father is just, he's, he's been there all the time. He's been there all the time. Watching the sun, and that's like the father. And sometimes we say, Lord, what is all up? This happened in the darkness. I feel I'm on my own, but he's never on your own, are we? Um, we must learn to trust him, rely upon him absolutely. God is um, now, he's moving on into God's omnipotence, all powerful, and God's sovereignty. God knows, God sees, God plans. Hallelujah. And nothing can thwart those, can they? Nothing can thwart those. Um, Isaiah 44. This is what the Lord says, You demon who formed you in the womb, I am the Lord who has made all things. You alone stretch of the heavens, who spread up the earth by myself, who follows the signs of false prophets and makes fools of diviners, who overthrows the learning of the wise and turns it into nonsense, who carries out the words of his servant and fulfills the predictions of his messengers, who says of Jerusalem, It shall be inhabited, of the towns of Judah, they shall be built, and of their ruins <clears throat> I will restore them. Who says to the watery deep, Be dry, and I will dry up your streams? Who says of Cyrus, He is my shepherd, and will accomplish all that I please? You will say of Jerusalem, Let it be rebuilt, and the temple, let its foundations be laid. There are lots of things going on there, but God is saying, Look, I'm in charge, and I'm all powerful. I created you. I created the world, I created the thing, and I created history. History is my story. He said, look, he said, when the, pro- the false prophet come, I, they're gone. But when then someone speaks my word, it will be fulfilled. And uh, he said, Jerusalem, yeah, a ruin, but it will be re-inhabited, and it will stay inhabited. Again, we see it in, we see it in our time, don't we? We see it before our eyes. The prophetic word fulfill, being fulfilled, and that's why we can say, God, you are omnipotent. You are sovereign. Who, who would have thought after uh, not quite 2,000 years that Israel would begin to be a, be a nation again? And uh, again, I, someone sent me a book. Um, I'm not too sure about it, but um, I read it. I don't mind reading stuff that I don't agree with. Um, uh, and uh, I, I'm not sure what they think about Israel, but they, they think, you know, Israel, is, is be, everything's fulfilled and now with the church. I'm thinking, wait, wait, wait what, 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 1948 dispels that straight away out of the water, isn't it? Straight away. 
God is fulfilling his will. And if he has to fulfill his word in the natural and the supernatural, in the natural and the spiritual, otherwise we couldn't trust him. But history is, is and he is sovereign. And, that, and they're, just the, they're just saying about Cyrus. We've talked about Cyrus before. Uh, Isaiah wrote about Cyrus a couple hundred years before he was, he was no such king as Cyrus then. He said, I'll use Cyrus to do this. I wonder what Cyrus thought when they said, um, Cyrus, our, our, our prophet spoke about you. Don't talk wet. He said, yeah, he did. Look at this. The prophet talked about you a couple hundred years ago. Cyrus will be used. Did he? Well, well, Cyrus, my man, <laughs> God is in control. He is sovereign. He is all-powerful. Hallelujah. Jeremiah, in the middle of his praying and his, his lamenting, hallelujah, turned to the Lord uh, time and time again, didn't he? he? He loved to mourn. Don't worry about mourning to God. Don't mourn about him. Please don't do that. But if there's a... Is a he, he, mourn to God, and we love that because there's an honesty there. And God, and we'll see in a minute, God loves honesty. If there's anything he loves, it's just to be honest with him. Um, Jeremiah 32, 16 to 20, and the last, and 26 and 27. <coughs> After I had given the deed of purchase to Baruch, son of Neriah, I prayed to the Lord. Ah, oh, sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Yeah. You shall be left to thousands to bring the punishment for the father's sins into the laps of their children after them. O great and powerful God, whose name is the Lord Almighty, great are your purposes and mighty are your deeds. Your eyes are open to all the ways of men. You reward everyone according to his conduct and as his de deeds deserve. You perform miraculous signs and wonders in Egypt and have continued them to this day, both in Israel and among all mankind and have gained that renown that is still yours. Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. Mm. I am the Lord, the God of all mankind. Yeah. Is there anything too hard for me? Hallelujah. Anything too difficult for me? Nothing. First time we hear that, of course, Abraham and Sarah. And he said, Lord, we know, a bit late now. Thank you. 20 years, 25 years ago, it had been just about okay. Too late now. Anything too difficult for me, Abraham? Anything too difficult? Um, and uh, the Bible says he believed. He trusted the word of the Lord, the promises of God. Mary, how can how on earth, Lord? I I love your word. I'm your servant, but I I, I can't be pregnant. Can't be pregnant. He said, "Is it anything too difficult? Is any word too difficult for the Lord to perform?" Of course. Um, and uh, Jeremiah's prayer just again lots of things going on there about again he's, he's recalling creation that's a great place always great place God you created open our eyes to creation see the wonder and the magnificence of God then look at history he said Lord you took us out of Egypt a miracle you destroyed the gods of Egypt and you brought us out um, and he was recounting all those things just again to remind Lord that you can change this circumstance if you want but Lord you have your way have your way then we come to Paul, Paul in Athens. Um, I like how Paul <laughs> takes what he can see and he brings the word of the Lord. Uh, Acts 17, 22, 20, I think. Paul then stood up in the meeting of the Aeropolis and said, Men of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious. <clears throat> For as I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship, I found an altar with this inscription, 
to an unknown God. Now what you worship is something unknown. I am going to proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by hands. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything because he himself gives all men life and breath and everything else. From one man he made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he determined the times set for them and the exact places where they should live. God did this so that men would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from each of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. As some of you, your, your own poets have said, we are his offspring. Therefore, since God, we are God's offspring, we should not think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image made by man's design and skill. In the past, God overlooked such, such ignorance, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent, for he has sent a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. He has given proof of this to all men by raising him from the dead. Again, taking, taking those uh, many Areopagus right through the history, creator, uh, sustainer, author, saviour, redeemer, and that's why he can be the perfect judge, the ultimate judge. Why? Because he created us. He sees everything, he knows everything, he, he can do everything. He, he's, he's sovereign. Um, and so he, he brings us to a place. And now we, we're into this particular, these verses where we, we, we sometimes um, <laughs> uh, draw back the, the last stanza where the, the, the psalmist is on about the wicked and the bloodthirsty and the, the blasphemer. And ultimately, he's, because he's, 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 he's uh, looked at the Lord, he's beginning to think like the Lord to see like the Lord is not, not come out of, of vengeance for himself although he had many enemies David didn't he and he could say Lord <laughs> and he, we have some of those psalms and God is not a white afraid of that is he God knows our heart and uh, sometimes we've got to bear that and, and that's why the, the word of God is so honest um, but ultimately he's beginning to see and remember the Lord is a God that will judge uh, those who are uh, as he said those who have um, misused him, misused his name, hated the Lord. It, we, we find, how can people hate the Lord? But we see it before our eyes, don't we? We see people hating Israel. And whatever anyone says, they are the still God's earthly uh, elect. When God, God, And we see, it, not even common sense, is it? It's just downright hatred. Um, without any view of, of, of history or, or reality or anything else. So uh, there are people who hate God, hate the things that God has done. And now he's beginning to, to move into the holiness of God. Ah, and when we get to see the holiness of God, we are, again, struck dumb as Isaiah. Isaiah the prophet said, Lord, ooh, dear, dear, now I realize who I am. I am filthy, stinking, rotten. Remember, holiness is not um, a characteristic of the Lord. It is, um, is who he is. 
It's not, it's not a part of uh, the other characters or an emphasis on that particular character. It is very uh, synonymous with who he is, his distinctive marking of his uh, divine nature. That's the one characteristic where the angels repeat. None of the others. Holy, holy, holy. The first song and the last song in the, in the word of God speaks about the holiness of God, his perfection, his uh, beauty, his majesty, his purity. Oh, he can't have anything to do with sin. He hates sin. And that's why we uh, why we get into the presence of God then just reflects who we are. And we see who we are then. Uh, 1, 1 uh, Peter, 1 Peter 4, 14, 19. And if ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye, for the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part he is evil spoken of, but of your part he is glorified. Let none of you suffer as a murderer, or as a thief, or as an evildoer, or a busybody, or in other men's business. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on his behalf. For the time has come, the judgment must begin in the house of God, and if it first begin at us, what shall the end of them that obey not the gospel of God? And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing, as unto a faithful creator. Again, some of these, some of these scripture, we, 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 we cower back to them because we've been taught, again, the imbalance of, 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 of who God is. <laughs> and there's always a lovely balance in it. Judgment begins where? Here, with us. Because why? Because we are his representative. He said, don't suffer for being a, I, I use the word, sorry, Burke or this or that. No, if you're suffering because you're loving the Lord, living for the Lord, bless the Lord. And uh, we, we read every morning, people, our brothers and sisters, millions of them around the world, suffering for the Lord. Um, but uh, don't suffer because you've been, uh, you know, your own silly fault. He said, don't, in fact, he said, don't say you, you follow me, in fact. Um, but uh, judgment begins here. And thankfully, God, uh, as we begin to view him, to see him, to look at him, uh, we can do that. And God longs for that, an honesty. Uh, Psalm 51. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only, have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you are proved right when you speak and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at will. Sinful from the time I found my mother conceived me, surely you desire truth in the inner parts. You teach me wisdom in the inmost place. Cleanse me with yourself, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Truth within the inmost parts. See, that's wonderful, because he's, he's start, always starting with the Lord. He's not starting uh, with this and that. He's starting with who God is. When we see who God is, then we realize who we are. And there's an honesty. That particular psalm we know, done with it, dealt with it uh, last year, Psalm 51, is David after sinning, after getting caught in sin, and exposed his sin, and he, he just, Lord, I am absolutely filthy, rotten. Cleanse me. And he says, Lord, please, in your mercy, don't take the Holy Spirit from me. Uh, restore the joy of my salvation. 
And uh, we know what, how he was feeling because if you go to Psalm 32, he said, Lord, when I, I tried to hide this and your hand was heavy upon me, the guilt was weighing up, rising up, rising up. And, and I was just empty, empty, depressed, without strength, he said. Then, then I confessed. So there's an openness and honesty with, with the Lord. And, and, and that's why the Lord tells us to be careful. Look at things in our lives. Look at uh, what uh, things and see clearly. Something we don't because we like doing something or like this. Look at its root. We often see it and we look at it where it's from and what it's producing. And that's a good test. That will test where, whether we should be involved or we should be doing anything with it. So where is it from and what does it produce? Just, just be honest about those things. And that will tell us and show us. And the Bible is clear, isn't it? Now, we are, this is not long our home. And he tells us to be, be careful of being, do not be, do not be friendship with the world. Do, friendship with the world is enmity towards Christ. This world, we've got to be, we are in the world <laughs> to glorify Lord. But we, we, are, we will make sure uh, separation is, is something we, we've, again, forgot to teach and sometimes we've, we've, we've uh, morphed that into something that um, it maybe shouldn't. But friendship, and, and that word there is filia, alignment, brotherly love, thinking like them, agreeing with them, in harmony with them, or with the world system, the world's thinking. Be careful. Then he talks about loving the world. Now that's a step on, isn't it? Because that's a gap where we are choosing to love the things of the world, the ways of the world, above the Lord himself. And um, the Bible says that Demas, Demas having loved this present world has forsaken me. See, this world is very powerful. It's very surreptitious, very sneaky. And we can find ourselves getting caught up in the world and think, what, what am I doing here? Why am I serving the Lord? Why am I running hard after him? Because I'm running hard after these other things. Be careful. Loving the world. Uh, spotted by the world. That's even just a smell or a stink or a stain. That's why we, we always be careful. And we are, I'm guilty as anyone else that the, the things I watch now I wouldn't have watched 10 years ago. Uh, it's true, isn't it? In fact, things on the TV now you wouldn't have had 10 years ago. You know, the language, even in, in, in just ordinary kids' films, the language sometimes you think, well, what's this about, you know? Um, uh, just spotted by the world. So what happens then? Our standards decrease. We think, oh, it's okay. It's not too bad. Not too bad. And that's what they've done with, with lots of things, haven't they? Lots of standards. Um, yeah, we can list myriads of them. Um, conform to the world. We'll read this one in a minute. Squeezed by the world. The world is in conflict with us. It wants to squeeze us, change our thinking. And it, it's sadly in some of the churches, the state church, and of course the other day the Catholic church, although I wouldn't call it the church, but uh, even there, squeezing squeezing to change their be attitudes towards certain behaviors well god is good god is good be honest be open and be looking well this is this is the this is the key in the 2 2 corinthians 3 17 18 now the lord is the spirit where the spirit of the lord is there is freedom and we with unveiled faces all reflect the lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. See, what happens is we are keep... That's why the psalmist starts with the Lord, looks at his character, looks at who he is, because as he looks at him, he's 
opening, his life is opening. He's becoming more honest. He's realizing who he, he, he is and how much he needs the Lord. And that's why we as Christians, he said, we gaze on the Lord. We look at him. We are longing for him. We gaze, our, our heart is caught up with him. And as we gaze at him, we become more like him, transformed. Word, metamorphosis, the Hulk. Some of you young enough to remember their program. Um, but we know the caterpillar into a beautiful butterfly. Absolutely, that's the mass what it means. Metamorph, a total change um, into something beautiful and transformation. I missed the verse out. Uh, just checking. <laughs> Ephesians 5. This is what we are when we know the Lord. Ephesians 5, 11 to 13. It was you again as well, Kerry. <laughs> <laughs> And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. See, he says, the, the things of this world expose them, have nothing to do with them. Why? Because they will spot you and, and uh, we said, a foothold always becomes a stronghold. Mm-hmm. Expose them. Same word uh, you'll find twice there uh, to expose them. And we are light, so we expose, we rebuke, we reprove, we convince and we convert. Is the same word as the Holy Spirit, um, John 16, 8. What does the Holy Spirit come do? Convict, convince, of judgment to come and uh, rebuke and expose. And when we are, our job is to expose darkness to bring people to the light not to get entangled in it and that's why he said be careful don't get entangled with this world he said because once it, you know as we said before cobwebs become chains don't they very quickly very quickly those things we think oh i'm okay i can handle it <laughs> no uh, expose the deeds of darkness he said i'm not even going to mention what things are done in and uh, nowadays it's all on the tv some of the most filthiest practices uh, are, are talked about uh, and uh, not not even um, denigrated. Maybe the one thing that they would probably uh, denigrate at the moment and, and uh, really come against is paedophilia. That's probably. And let me just say, you watch the space. You watch our space as well. Because some of these organisations don't want a, an age figure at all. For, uh, you know, obviously 16 is the age, isn't it? If you, if you read between the lines of what they want, they don't want any age of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's something to... Why? Because once your mind is warped and twisted and hard, mm-hmm. and there's no God, there's no God, there's nothing right and wrong, is there? Of course there's nothing right and wrong. There's no right. So uh, exposing the deeds of darkness, that's what the church is, salt and light, aren't we? We're salt and light to bring the life of Christ, the... the uh, uh, salt to bring flavor, salt to bring... Um, uh, from de- decontaminating things and, and uh, to preserve and uh, uh, all those things. Well, when we look at the Lord, when we see what he's done, what's our, our response? These verses again, good to put to memory. Uh, Romans 12. Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. Surrender, transformation. Surrender the act, transformation the process, of course. 
uh, he comes to the end of this particular uh, psalm. He's looked at who God is, omniscience, omnipresence, omnipotence, sovereignty, this holiness of God, and he's there, isn't he? Before the Lord, broken, I suppose, but six things he asked for, doesn't he? And we see the, um, the, uh, the, the width of it, the, the, the searching, the penetration of the search, the panorama, if you like, but ultimately the purpose of the search. Lord, search me, as you've already done, but now I, I want you to search me and reveal it to me. See, God knows us, but we don't know ourselves. And now he's saying, God, open my eyes to me. Know my heart. Know the very depths of my heart. Try me. Prove me. Show me. Know my thoughts. Know the battlefield of my mind. That's the place, isn't it? The mind is where the battles won or lost. Always. We know that. They tell us that now. God told us that many years ago. As a man thinks, so he is. Know my thoughts. See if there's any wicked way in me. Any wicked, any painful, any sorrowful, any idle. That way is a, is a, is a, is a, is a, is a path, isn't it? It's a certain behavior. It's a certain uh, attitude, maybe. See if there's any wicked way in me. Why? Because ultimately the sixth thing he's asking for, because I want you to lead me in the everlasting way. The eternal way, that which is the right way. Hallelujah. So, again, we're caught up with him. He's looking at the Lord. When we see and keep our eyes on him, we see how awesome he is. We see how sinful we are. But then we see how God wants what God can do with us. Hallelujah. It's good news, isn't it? God said, Lord, your plans and your purposes, I'm just, I'm, why would you use me? David said, yet continually search me, continually try me. Why? Because Easily distracted, easily diverted, easily things come in, spotted by the world. Sometimes we can align ourselves with what the world thinks, can't we? Um, so help us, Lord. Help us. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. To find out more about our church, including our service times, visit www.oakdalechristiancentre.org.